We're talking in this series of how God wants to sustain you, how he is the one that keeps you all the way through your life on this earth. He will keep you in every way. He'll keep you safe. He'll keep you healthy. He'll provide for you. Remember Psalm 55, 22. That's our foundational scripture, right? Cast your burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain you. He'll keep you from slipping. He won't let you be removed from your path. But you got to cast your burden upon the Lord. God does not want you to carry anything. And then it says this, he never allows the righteous to be moved. Wow. So we've taught a lot about that. We taught about, you know, how we are in Christ, how Isaiah 54, in righteousness, you'll be fixed, you'll be immovable, right? You'll be far from oppression for you won't fear. You'll be far from terror. It won't come near you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you'll condemn it because this is your heritage as the servants or as the children of the living God. Amen. Amen? This is who we are in Christ. So the Bible says that we are to be strong in the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, right? And we see, we've been talking the last couple weeks about how that we're to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Remember, we talked about how that the grace of God, it causes us to stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God, always. The grace of God. We, and remember, we define that Greek word, charis. The Greek word charis, God's divine influence on our heart and its reflection out of our life. What, that, what is that reflection? That reflection is your needs are met, your body's healed, there's strength, there's joy, there's peace. God's favor is upon you. Whatever you put your hand to, he brings to maturity. Your leaf doesn't wither. All of these things is a result of the grace of God. What is the grace of God? The divine influence on your heart and its reflection out of your life. It's not just the divine influence on your heart. See, so many times we get up to here with life and we just are so concerned just about these circumstances in our life that we're losing sight of who we are. That we're not here for us, we're here to be light, to show the world how good God is. So it's got to be reflecting out, right? Got to be, God wants, God wants the, his word manifesting in your life all the time. So he says this, be strong in the Lord. And that, that Greek phrase means be continually strengthened inwardly in the Lord and in the power of his might, not in our strength, right? I mean, Paul even said, listen, when I am weak, that's when I'm strong, right? Because his strength is made perfect in my weakness or my inability to produce results. But if we take this and we go a little deeper, what do you mean to be strong in the Lord? We talked about this, to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Paul told Timothy that. He said, my son, be strong 
in the grace that is in Christ. Remember, all these things are in Christ. The Bible says you were created in Christ, right? The Bible says if his spirit lives and dwells in you, then you're in Christ. It says all the promises of God are what? Yes, and so be it unto me in Christ. God doesn't ever say no, right? Well, what if I ask him for something that I just, that's not his will? He won't say no. He just doesn't answer, right? 1 John chapter 5, if we ask anything according to his will, what happens? He hears us. What's the other side of that coin? If we're just, if we're just asking something that's not his will, because it makes no sense to him. He doesn't speak idle words. But if we know that he hears us, 1 John 5, what is it, verse 14? It says if we know that he hears us, then we know that we already have the petitions we've asked of him. If we just, we don't even have to hear him say yes, because it's always yes. He already said yes. The moment God said all of my promises are in Christ, yes, and in Christ, so be it unto you. That's your answer. So if you're in a situation, then all you got to do is find what the Bible says about your situation. Does sickness or disease, poverty or lack, depression, anxiety, fear, lack, de decrease, all this stuff, is that, is that ever God's will? Does he ever use that to teach you? Not according to the Bible, right? So we got to understand these things. And this is what happens as we get to know how good he is. Man, it just causes us to run towards him, right? God, God loves you today. And I'm telling you, he's here to help you. He's not just the author of your faith. He's the finisher. And with God, we'll finish strong. You know, and here's the cool thing, and I'm so glad about this. It's not how you start the race. It's how you finish. So don't get down on you. If you've messed up, forget all that. Paul said this, forgetting those things which are behind me, I'm pressing forward to the high calling of Christ, right? And, and what's interesting in that scripture, he said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me, I press forward. Well, wait a minute, that's two things. No, it's not. Because the word of God says it's one thing. In other words, to press forward, to move forward in your life, you have to forget the things that are in your past. Why not? God's forgotten them. Right? You know where it says that God remembers your sin no more? He told me that one time. He goes, Tony, do you know why I'm able to do that? I'm like, yeah, because you're God. He says, no. He goes, there's nothing to remember. And then all these scriptures about the blood of Jesus came up in my spirit like a, like a flood. His blood did not cover my sin. In the Old Testament, we have thousands and thousands of offerings and offerings and offerings. I, I am so glad I'm a pastor now and not a priest back then. Could you imagine? Man, what's your job? I, I slit the throat of an ox all day. Wow, 
right? No, the blood of animals, it literally sealed or covered man's sin for a period of time. Jesus' blood, when he walked in that holy of holies in heaven and sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat, it's over, it's done, it's gone. Isn't that good news? So right now, as you're sitting here today, you're unaccusable, the Bible says. You're unblameable because of who Jesus is. It's amazing. Why why am I saying all this? Because God will keep you. He will keep you. We have nothing to fear in our future. We have nothing to fear ever because he is with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because he's with me. Isn't that good news? So today I want to get into a big thing about God keeping you. See, here's the way God is. You come to Jesus and you acknowledge, listen, Lord, I believe in my heart that your father rose you from the dead after you were crucified on this earth and you paid for man's sins. I believe that. But now I'm putting action to my belief and I'm declaring that Jesus, you are Lord of all. And today I bow my life to your Lordship and I invite you to be my Lord. And the minute you say that, you're made brand new in him. The spirit of God comes into you, takes out the old spirit man that was dead and separated from him and and removes that, puts a brand new spirit in you. And now the Holy Spirit takes up residency in your spirit and he will be there forever. It's amazing, right? What is the first thing he does? He sheds, he just saturates your spirit with the love of God. Why? Well, because he wants you to have a revelation of how much he loves you. And it enables you to love him. First John tells us we love him because he first loved us. And and what that does, the love of God in you, see there's no fear in love, there's no torment in love. Perfect love casts out fear. So now God's done something in you to keep the fear out of your life. He's put his love in your heart. Right? So now you also, here, here's the other thing, faith works by love. So now you can literally operate in the faith of God. As you hear his word, faith will be birthed in your spirit. And you'll actually hear in your spirit God talking to you. Right? I mean, it's amazing. Leanne, I sent my word and healed you. Amen. Right? I mean, it'll just specifically talk to you. Isn't that amazing? God will come to you and say, listen, Elisa, I know the plans that I have for you, right? I know the plans and the purposes that I have for you. They're good. They're not evil. And they're to give you an end of expectation. My daughter, you're going to walk out every, every dream in your heart, every desire in your heart. See, that's, and faith gets birthed when you hear that. So here's the thing, though. So Jesus is your Lord. You give him your life, but this is what he does. He gives gives your life right back to you. 
because he is not a taskmaster. He'll never violate your will. And then he encourages you and he woos you and says, now follow me. Do you know when Jesus was on the earth, when he came up to his disciples and he said, follow me, they could have said no. Hey, I can't do that. I'm in, I'm in the fishing business. Follow you? Wait, Jesus, I, I don't even understand what you're saying. I'm a tax collector. Pretty much everybody hates me, but I don't care because I'm rich. Right? Jesus, I, I can't follow you, Luke. I'm a doctor. You know, I, I, got, I got some things I got to do. No, they could have said no, but they didn't. See, it's real interesting. Satan will always drive you. Jesus will always lead you. So to be sustained, he's saying, listen, I want to keep you. But you got to cast your burden on me. You got to give me all the stuff. You, gotta, you, you, have to, you have to be willing and you have to be obedient so that I can get things over to you that I've already provided for you. This is so important. So a big part of this is you must, you must, you must, you must walk in the word of God. We walk in the strength of God. We walk by the faith of God. We walk in the love of God, right? We are to walk in the word of God. That is the place. See, when Jesus said, listen, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Listen, that's just not a mansion in heaven. He went to the cross to prepare a place for you. There's a very specific place that you have with God in Christ. We call it the secret place. That's the Psalm 91 place. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. New Testament, not only under his shadow, I abide in him. Right? So we must walk in the word of God so that we can know this. See, the Holy Spirit is here to lead us on our path. But in order to lead us on our path, he will only testify of the word of God. So he leads us by the word of God. You know, there's, there's a lot of wonderful uh, prophets in the body of Christ, the office of the prophet. But this is the more sure word of prophecy. Does that mean we throw that other thing out? Oh, no, 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 no. But we put what, what is said through the filter of the more sure word. If it doesn't line up with the word, we can't receive that. Does that make sense? Also, because we have a foundation in the word, we will know what is him and what is not him. Amen? So, in other words, the Bible is the vital link between God and you and I. It's the vital link. In other words, you will know God through his word. That's the primary way that you will know him. That's, that's how the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. He'll speak to you through the word of God. You have the written word, and he will speak to you through the written word. He'll bring revelation knowledge of the written word of God, and that will reveal to you specifically the revealed will of God for your life. See, God has a plan, and it's a good plan, and you don't have to figure it out. 
the word of God will show it to you. It'll show you everything. We come to a deep knowledge of God through his word. Within the pages of the Bible will be found the very wisdom of God that when applied, it'll cause us to walk like Jesus walked. That's exactly what the wisdom of God does. So we've made this statement. If you've been around here for a while, you've heard me say this. If you become word conscious, if you walk in the word of God, that will cause you to be God conscious, which will cause you to be righteousness conscious. You must know who you are, your identity. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. See, if you don't know you're righteous, it's because you're looking at wrong things. That's all it is. Don't beat yourself up. Just start looking at right things. Don't let anybody else beat you up. Brother, sister, work out your own salvation. If you have people in your life that try to work out your salvation, please, brother, sister, work out your own salvation. Thank you for your great concern and love for me, but work out your own salvation. I'll work out mine, right? So don't beat yourself up. Just get God conscious and you'll be righteous conscious. But you can't get God conscious if you don't get word conscious. So in other words, this, the word of God has to be your foundation. It has to be where everything flows. It, it, this is the origin. Where is it in the Bible? If God said it, I believe it. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what everybody's saying. I'm going to believe the Bible. Right? So this is the way I live. Because see, if you're righteous conscious, that's how you walk in the correct behavior. Because holiness flows out of righteousness. So if you're not in the word, you're not God conscious. So you don't even know who you are because you're not righteous conscious. And that's why you have all this whacked out behavior. So don't try to fix the behavior. Because man, that's hard. Just go back and become word conscious and let the word work out your behavior. That was worth coming to church today. Amen. Colossians chapter 2 in verse 6 says this. Colossians 2, 6. I love this. It says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. In other words, I walk in him the same way that I received him. How did I receive him? Through faith. Well, where does faith come from? It comes from hearing God's word. Do you see how this all fits together? This is huge. If you want to know more about the book of Colossians, and you're a male, every Tuesday morning at 6.30, we're doing a verse-by-verse study through the book of Colossians. And we were believing God, even though we want the rapture of the church to happen, 
we're believing God to finish this, right? I've got a 50-page outline that I typed up on chapter one. So, you know, it's just ridiculous. But we're having a good time. See, you received Christ through faith, so that's how you walk in him. Now, does faith have anything to do with what you see? No. It has everything to do with what he said. See, if I, if I don't know what he said, how can I possibly walk in him? Right? Acts 17.28 is a great scripture. Acts 17.28, it says, For in him I live and I move and I have my very being. This scripture, wow. I love the first half of that. You know, and then it goes on. As certain also of your own poets have said, but then I love the end of it, for we are also his offspring. For in him I live, and I move, and I have my being. I do that in him. Well, to walk in him, I've got to walk in the faith of God and by the faith of God, which means I have to have the word in abundance in my heart always, always. So this is big. This is a big deal. Luke chapter 6, verse 48. The Lord was just giving me some scriptures that I just want to talk to you guys about. And the Lord said, you just minister these scriptures and he's going to teach all of us how to walk in the word. So this is cool. Luke chapter 6 and verse 48. Look at this. Actually, go back to verse 47. Let's look at verse 47. Because this is, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'm going to show you who he's like. Verse verse, uh, 48, he's like a man which builds a house or built a house and dig deep. So the person, this is what this person is like. This is the person who hears the word and does the word. He's like a person who built a house But he dug deep and he laid the foundation of his house on a rock. And notice, because we live in the earth, not if, but when the flood arose, the stream beat against this house vehemently, but could not shake it because it was founded upon a rock. Now, it's real interesting You know, and I've been there at the Temple of Pan in Jerusalem. It was the most demonic place of Jesus' day. They would do human sacrifices. It was this temple that was carved into this rock. And there was this huge cave. It was called the Gates of Hell. Jesus took his disciples all the way over here. He would have have traveled a long way to take them here. A rabbi would never take their disciples here. And then he went through the whole course. Hey, who, who do men say that I am? Well, you're Elijah, you're one of, they say you're one of the prophets. Yeah, but who do you say that I am, Jesus said. And then Peter says, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, right? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus said, Simon, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my father revealed it to you. In other words, 
Peter gained revelation knowledge of from, from God, right? That Jesus was the Messiah. Right after that, he says this, or he, he, he looked at the temple, he would have looked at it, and he said, listen, upon this rock, and that's when he changed Peter's name. He said, he said you're, you're going to be called Peter, you know, which means a little pebble. It doesn't mean a big rock. So he's saying two different things. Now we've, mis, we've misjudged that, and we have, a whole, we have a whole religion that believes that it was all founded on Peter. Which is, I'm really glad it was not founded on Peter. I mean, even if you go to Jerusalem, the poor guy, you know, I mean, we give him a hard time because he sank when he, after he walked on water. We don't talk about the fact that he actually walked on liquid water. I mean, come on, give the guy a break. You know, I mean, this guy ended up being crucified upside down gladly. I mean, he, he, he'd walk through a town and people would bring out all their sick people and when his, when his shadow hit them, they'd get healed. We don't talk about that. You go to Jerusalem, you go to the church of St. Peter, and on top of the church, it has a big chicken or rooster. Why? Well, because he denied Jesus three times after when the rooster crowed, and then it crowed. So they, on the church, I'm, I'm so glad the church is not built on the rock of Peter. No, what was he talking about? Jesus said, upon this rock, what rock? Revelation knowledge of who I am, I will build my church. Well, think about it. Could you have gotten saved without revelation knowledge of the word of God? No way. Could you come to the knowledge of the truth without revelation knowledge of the word of God? No. So in other words, that's how he builds his church. Right? Deep. You don't have to go to school for 10 years to know that. Right? This is, this is wonderful news. And I'm here to tell you the agent of divine revelation, the spirit of truth, the mighty Holy Spirit is on the inside of you right now and he is your teacher. He is to bring constant revelation of the word of God to you. So he will help you walk in the word of God. It doesn't say that the storms won't come. It says the storms will come, but it says that the storm can't even shake your house. Why? Because he keeps you. Isn't that good news? In a time when so many people, so many of our brothers and sisters are being thrown all over, tossed to and fro. And my thing, what's so exciting is that's not who they really are. So if we can just get them word conscious, right? Or God conscious, they'll become word conscious. And then all of a sudden they'll become righteous conscious and they won't fear anymore. Because in righteousness, I'm fixed and immovable. I'm far from oppression because I won't fear. I'm far from terror because it won't come near me. No weapon that's formed against me. That means no, no virus of any kind. No economic downturn. No, no weapon that's formed will prosper in my life. Why? Because my God is a God who makes a way where there is no way. He opens doors that no man can shut. See, this is why when you come to church, 
This is why you come to church to receive the anointed word so that you're strengthened and built up so that now you can go out and walk it out in your life. Your brothers and sisters right now, they all need to see you. They need to see your house not be shaken ever, right? And it's not because we're anything. No, no, no. We're not kept by us. We're kept by him. This is all about Jesus. This is a massive thing. So jump over to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 20 through 23 gives us the prescription on how to take the word of God. It's the prescription of how to walk in the word of God. Step number one, my son attend unto my words. That means that word attend in the Hebrew language means in order to walk in the word of God, it has to be first place in your life. My son, attend unto my words. So this is the way it works. This is the word of God. It's got to be first place in your life. So, so today, you, although you have an option, you can choose not to meditate in this word today. You can't afford to, right? Because this is your circumstances. You're always going to have them. What happens is if your circumstances ever are, are more, your focus is on them instead of the word. If, that, if your circumstances ever take first place, your circumstances will move you and the word of God will no longer move you. So you will no longer be able to, in him, I live and move and have my being. Oh, you are in him, but you won't be able to do that. But the minute the word becomes first place, now your circumstances will never move you. And that, that, and see what the Holy Spirit does is he keeps, he'll teach you how to do that. Because how many of you know circumstances can yell pretty loud, Right? That whole thing what we learned in kindergarten about sticks and stones may break my bones, but, but words or names, they don't hurt me. No, 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 that's, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Words hurt, right? Why? Because words are containers, and they'll contain life or they'll contain death. So that's why we have to receive the ones that have life and reject the ones that have death. I'm telling you, to walk out God's plan for your life, you have to become deadened to the praise of men and the persecution of men. Doesn't mean you don't, you don't enjoy it. I mean, as a pastor, man, I have a lot of people that are so encouraging, and I love those words of encouragement. They, they really, they're wonderful, but they don't move me. Because if they do, then when those wonderful other love letters or things come, they will move me. And I'm to, be, I'm to owe no man anything but to love them. Right? That's just the way I, that's who I am. So, so this is a huge thing. You can't let the chaos in other people's lives become the chaos in your life. As you walk in the word of God, you'll be able to minister to people. And it won't affect you. I can't tell you how many, how many people I've seen 
where their marriages end in divorce that were trying to help a couple that were going through divorce. Because divorce is a spirit. And you gotta be careful, suicide is a spirit. You deal with it. If, if there's someone in a family who is, who that spirit is, is on them to try to get them to end their life, we need to get that spirit out of that family, otherwise it'll affect other members of that family. So we, gotta, we, gotta, we have to be conscious of these things. How, how do we get conscious of these things? How do we walk, walk in spiritual maturity? We do that as we walk in the word of God. So it goes on to say, not only give the word first place, but incline your ears to my sayings. That means give my word your undivided attention. Now that sounds so easy, doesn't it? Like right now, really, really easy. But what about tonight when you're laying in your bed alone? What about when you get that email? What about when all of a sudden a pain hits your body or you hear a doctor give you a diagnosis, right? You still give the word of God your undivided attention. It says in verse 21, let them, talking about God's words, not depart from your eyes. That means I'm always to see myself as having what God says he's given me. Able to do what God says I'm able to do. Does that make sense? So we always see ourselves being, having, and doing what God's word says. See, it's really easy to see yourself do that when you're ministering to somebody. But you have to see yourself as the word sees, as says you are when, when you mess up, when you choose wrong, right? You have, to, you have to see that. Just realize God is a God. He doesn't get down on you for a mess you've made. He just wants you to give him the mess and then move on. Because he knows who he's made you. It says here, keep God's words in the midst of your heart. This word keep means you guard them. You protect them. You, you watch over and observe God's words that are in your heart. You don't let anything else move you from that. Why do I do that? Because his words are life, verse 22, to those that find them. Wow. See, this word find means that I've attained them. And, and it literally, it gives us a picture that I've come to attain something because I'm moving towards it and I arrive at it. So it, it's not just like an instant thing. So it denotes, see, it's like the things of God, they just don't fall off a tree like ripe apples, right? They don't do that. You have to dig for them. So I'm, I'm in motion. I'm, I'm coming to attain something. And it literally means that you're making God's word part of your heart. What, what do I mean by this? So today I'm hearing the word of God. So I'm telling you the Holy Spirit's going to start stirring you. There might be one scripture that comes out of this whole sermon where it hits you. And I want to encourage you, you start quoting and speaking that over your life. Because this is the deal. So the word is coming out. So words are containers. 
And God's word contains Zoe life. So, so now when I hear the word, in order to get it in my heart, I've got to speak it. So I speak the word of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? My God always causes me to triumph and he always gives me the victory in Christ. And I keep saying that and saying that. And what happens now is the Holy Spirit will do this. He's down on the inside and he opens the word of God. The word of God says the entrance of his word brings light. He opens the word of God on the inside of you and light comes out on the inside of you. And all of a sudden it goes from now thanks be to God who gives me the victory in Christ to all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, wait a minute, because now you're hearing God say, hey, Pastor Edwin, I've given you the victory in Christ. The victory in what you're facing, you already have it in Christ. I always cause you to triumph. See, that's what happens. What happens is the word opens. This is why meditation in the word of God is so important. Because see, when light comes out of the word, That's where it says the word of God is a lamp to your feet and it's a light to your path. It shows you where you are and it shows you where you're going. Your feelings will make sure your feelings, your emotions, they will sometimes fool you into thinking you are so far away. Symptoms, physical symptoms. If you have symptoms of great pain, it could tell you and lie to you that you are very far from being healed when that's not true. Right? So so we have to be careful with this. It says their life unto those that find them and health. This word health literally means healing, a cure, a medicine. This is a masculine noun indicating health, healing, and it indicates it's a remedy. And it refers and gives us a picture of restoration, a cure, a renewal of an illness. It's life to those that find them and health, a restoration, a cure, a renewal of an illness to how much of your flesh? All of your flesh. The word is. Isn't that amazing? That's just a byproduct. So then it says this in verse 23, keep, or in other words, that Hebrew word means guard and watch over. It's a verb. It's an action word. It literally means to observe, to to preserve. It means to hide. I'm hiding the word of God in my heart. This word in the Hebrew language refers to people maintaining things that have been entrusted to them. In other words, God has entrusted his word to you, so you guard it. Don't let anybody steal it from you. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Because see, the enemy, the Bible says in, in the parable of the sower that he can make you, he can steal the word out of your heart. How does he do that? He gets you to doubt the word. How does he do that? He gets you to take your eyes off the word. 
We're never to take our eyes off the word. Do you know if you never take your eyes off the word, he's a non-issue in your life? Non-issue. He can't move you at all. Why do we do this? Guard or keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of your heart flow the issues of your life. This word issues mean out of your heart flow the borders and the boundaries of your life. If your boundaries are like this, you won't be able to see the blessing here. God is saying, expand your boundaries. Expand your tent pegs. The New Testament says it this way, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen? This is a huge, huge thing. So this is talking about making God's word part of your heart. So if you break this down, if, you were to, if, if God were to manifest himself right here, he would say this, life, according to God's word, life, he's going to define what eternal Zoe life is. It is when we incline our ears and our eyes to his word and put his word in our heart. Eternal life is when the word of God goes in your heart. That, that's, see, that's why in John 17, 3, eternal life is knowing God and his son Jesus. But you can't do that if, you, if the word is not in your heart. This is how we walk in the word. So now if we back up and go to John chapter 8, in verse 31 and 32, this is Jesus talking, and he says here, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. He said, if you continue in my word, that means if you walk in it, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. In other words, as you continue in my word, not just a one-time hearer, but literally a doer of the work. Well, how do I do that? I meditate in the word. When you say that word over and over and over, it's literally building an unseen bridge in your life to take you from being a hearer to being a doer. And as you continue in the word of God, you'll know the truth of the word of God. Or in other words, you'll know the truth of the truth. Right? And when you know the truth, it makes you free. If you go down to verse 36, it literally says, whoever the son has made free, remember we said that earlier, is indeed free. How does he make you free? His word. See, God is not, he doesn't just want people to get saved. He wants them to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants them to come to the knowledge. Why? Because he's gracious, right? He wants to get over to you everything that he paid for you to have, everything. He wants you to walk in his wisdom. I wonder if the Holy Spirit started investing money. I wonder if he would be good at it. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit's in you. I wonder if the Holy Spirit started a business, if it would go over. I, I, I think so. 
So I wonder if, if, if maybe the Holy Spirit in you could increase your business. I, that's pretty simple stuff, isn't it? The wisdom of God literally enables you to apply the word of God specifically to your life so that the word will work. What brings increase in your life? You being good at what you do? No, the word of God does. What will actually make you really good at what you do? The word of God will. What will attract those customers to you? The grace of God that is in you. It attracts people to you. It brings everything to maturity in your life. So John chapter 14, in verse 21, it says this. Jesus talking again, it says, He that hath, this Greek word means, He that holds my commandments and keeps them. He it is that loves me. How does God know if you love him? Because you say you love him? No. It's because you take hold and you keep his commandments. In other words, he knows that you love him because you do what he says. It is he that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my father. Well, come on. Why, why can't God come first? Oh, he did. But now it's your move. Because he can't, he won't force himself on you. Do you know how many Christians feel alone when they're not alone? They feel so, they, they feel like I'm such a failure when they're not. They feel like God's mad at them. And God's over there going, yeah, no. Nope, not mad at you. But it says, we'll be loved by my father and I will love him. And this is the cool thing. And I will manifest myself to him. That means I'll make visible myself. Isn't that amazing? I love the fact in my office at home, I sit in a chair and it's like, it's funny. Sometimes I turn my, I have a chair in the corner and then I have my desk chair. And a lot of times I just turn that chair. And when I go into prayer, I sit in a chair and I'm like, Father, Jesus, Lord, Holy Spirit, I just invite you to sit here. And we talk. And he manifests himself. In other words, he makes himself visible to me. His word is so real, so amazing. And one word from him changes everything. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he'll keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our abode with him. This is not, we may do it. He will do it. So when, when we talk about being kept, this is why we talk about walking in the word of God. Does that make sense? So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 this is why Paul told Timothy this. He said, all scripture. Now, I could tell you this as a New Testament believer, you need to live in the epistles, right? You need to live in them. And think of it this way. You, you need to read the gospels because you want to know how Jesus operates. You need to live in the epistles because you find out who you are in Christ and how you walk that out. 
but you want to live in those. So that's, I mean, look at it as Acts all the way to Revelation, all the way through. You just want to live there, but really it's the epistles. So you've got all those 13, 14 letters of Paul, 14 if you believe he wrote the book of Hebrews. There's some wonderful things in there. We live there. But don't be so foolish to think that you shouldn't read the Old Testament and some of these other scriptures because this says all scripture is given by inspiration. In other words, all scripture is God-breathed. And all scripture is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for instruction and teaching. All scripture. Now, but you don't want to just... When you disciple somebody, listen, when you, when you buy a book, where do you start on page one? You don't want to do that to somebody, right? They will die in Leviticus and they will sit there and go, what, who, what in the world is going on, right? See, you can't understand, you can't understand the Old Testament unless you read it under the light of new testament truth but when you understand new testament truth you will actually see that god's no different in the new testament that he is in the old testament and the old testament stories will reveal multi-dimensional stories of faith grace love all of this stuff so it's profitable for doctrine it's profitable for reproof this means proof the word of God is profitable because it gives us proof for correction. And this word correction means the whole word of God is profitable to set something right again, to set something upright again, to straighten something up. Have you ever needed to be straightened up? Do you know, do you know that the word in the Bible, perfect, where it talks about spiritual maturity, is the, it, the Greek word means adjust and repair, which means what? Because you're spiritually mature, the word of God is constantly straightening you. I'd love to tell you that today you're going to walk perfectly straight. You're going to always have the right heart motive. You're never going to give in to your flesh and you're never going to take your eyes off the word. I'd love to tell you that. And, and to be honest with you, that's there for you. You can. But when you're spiritually mature, you live your life humble before God and you realize who's keeping me is him, not me. And he just adjusts. And if you start getting over here with your speech or where your thoughts are, the Holy Spirit will just, a word will come up and you're like, because you're submitted, you'll come right back. So the word will straighten you up. If you're, if you're in pride, See, like, like a lot of, if you're spiritually immature, you'll just say no. You'll know what to do, but you won't be able to do it, or you won't, you won't do it. This is what happens. When you're spiritually mature, you adjust and repair. The word is able to straighten you up. It's profitable for training you for instruction in righteousness. It's this word instruction in righteousness. This word means it trains you and it also corrects you. Have you ever been trained in something? You know, your trainer, if, if, you've, ever, if, if you've ever been trained in a martial arts or, or anything like that, 
your trainer will be like, okay, when you hit, you want to put your weight over here a little bit more. An NFL athlete, they will train and they look at everything. When they get up to the line, they're looking exactly at how this person, they study videos and tapes. Well, they, they don't study videos, but they, you know, they, they, study, they study what their opponent is going to do. Today in the Super Bowl, these guys, they will know every little weird thing about Abdomen Sue. Right? Mahomes will be with his line and go, you guys better know everything about this guy because he wants to rip my arms off. Now, he might take me to dinner after the game tonight, but during this game, he wants to rip my arms off. And this guy is a gorilla, right? So they'll know the way he lines up a certain way. They'll know everything about it's adjust and repair. They train and correct. That's the way it is spiritually. See, the reality of it is, you and I, this is a Super Bowl every minute, every minute of our life. But here's the thing. We've already won. We won our, you already won 2,000 years ago. But now you've got to walk that out. And the Lord will help you walk that out. It says that the man of God, all this is scripture is given to you, that the man of God would be perfect. This means complete, fitted completely, qualified, and this is what it really means. It means fresh. The word of God makes you fresh. Do you know when I read the Bible, every time I read the Bible, I, it's a freshness that's beyond the first time that I heard it. The revelation of some of these scriptures, it's, it's more fresh to me every time because I'm allowing the word of God to do this to me as I'm walking in it. This, this word also means not just fresh, but it means that it goes on to say thoroughly furnished. That means I'm equipped to put in appropriate condition to complete entirely. I'm thoroughly furnished. In other words, the word of God will thoroughly equip you to face everything that you will ever face in your life. You'll have every answer. You'll have strength. You'll have joy. You'll have peace. You'll know exactly what to say. You'll know exactly how to use the sword of the spirit. You'll know exactly how to always allow the armor of God to manifest upon you. You'll always be submitted to the Lord. So when the enemy comes, you resist him. So see, the Bible says things like having done all to stand, you stand, you have to prepare. Right? You have to prepare. Great faith prepares. I was talking to the men about that Saturday. We were talking about great faith. Great faith prepares. Having done all to stand, stand. Right? God puts you in a position where you'll always see when the enemy's coming at you. You'll never be surprised. And he is not even to rattle your window of your house. He's not allowed to because God keeps you. Amen?